Hello everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 117 entitled Common Traps on the Path of Personal Awakening. So thank you all for joining me today. Uh, It's great to be back speaking to you all again. So before I get into today's conversation, um, just a bit of a shameless plug or promo coming up. As you may or may not be aware, I've been putting out quite a lot of um, content on my uh, Discerning Consciousness podcast YouTube channel uh, in recent weeks. Um, So if you haven't already um, checked it out or if you're not aware of uh, my vlog or video diary, I should say, then yeah, please do head over to Discerning Consciousness podcast on YouTube, and um, if you uh, if it's if the content resonates with you, if it's something you enjoy listening to, then please do subscribe if you haven't already done so. So that's the uh, shameless promotion over. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, in today's uh, particular episode, um, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to have a conversation about this thorny issue of personal awakening or or spiritual awakening, I should say. Now, in the title, uh, I've deliberately used personal awakening rather than spiritual awakening, because I think that it kind of like uh, makes it a little bit easier to understand, because as I'm sure you're aware, the word spiritual and spiritual awakening as a phrase is, um, is um, it's, it can be easy to misinterpret what that actually means, and it's often, uh, I think we can often find ourselves um, misinterpreting the true meaning of that word, if you like. So in today's conversation, I'm just going to basically start with a a very kind of brief um, summation of what I what I believe to be um, this idea of awakening. What does it mean in reality beyond all the gloss, if you like, beyond the kind of new age, love, light and bliss? I'm going to explain that. Then I'm going to look at some common traps or misconceptions largely from my own personal experience in life and some of the wisdom that I've gained um, from these often um, hard felt uh, experiences when we um, look at the role that we played can often be quite traumatic can't it can't it it's never it's never an easy process Anyway, so if we start with a basic breakdown of how I define personal or uh, spiritual awakening. As I said, it's an extremely loaded phrase that has lost meaning over the years. And um, it's sort of like, for me, the core, if you were to drill it right down, really would be something like know thyself simple as that to know thyself that for me really is what spiritual or personal awakening is all about and as we know i'm sure i'm preaching to the converted here otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this particular podcast you know only too well self-work is extremely challenging i should say and destructive and we've probably all been through traumatic experiences such as a shamanic death or a kind of Jungian dark night of the soul, we all know what that feels like, what that looks like to the core of our being. And it brings to the brings to mind that corny phrase, there's no there's no no pain without gain, so to speak. So this begins with the basic premise, I believe, that as we know, when we begin to put our feet first walk the path 
personal awakening begins with a kind of basic premise that we're not here to serve the world, but we're here to serve the creator or, or God, if you prefer. And we have to do away with all our uh, selfish de desires, uh, our, lower, our lower impulses, um, if you like, and try to avoid all of the forms of the, the very appealing <laughs> that we all fall into, forms of escapism that seem to be around every corner and it's very common to fool ourselves that we're we're doing the work, if you will, when we're simply creating a spiritual ego or gilding the lily, um, as it's always also known. So how might we navigate life and all its difficulties and challenges whilst keeping all of the following points in mind, which I'll come to later. So um, really it comes down to what is the lesson contained within a particular traumatic experience that we've had and understanding as i said before understanding our role is what leads to growth and expansion and how typically i hold my hand up here if you could see my hand how we how what is our what are our typical reactions under stress our trauma response that's playing out which often will be unhealed childhood wounding and uh, trauma as i'm as i was saying and I know for me, uh, I often shut down when I'm in a challenging situation that is really triggering my emotions. Um, what you might have heard of in my discussions about the Celestine prophecy, the poor me, poor me syndrome. And I go back to being that 10 year old child who was remorselessly bully, bullied in school. And then one day I, I turned around and I smacked this particular bully who also happened to be um, the most popular kid in the school, loved by pupils and teachers alike, and I was immediately um, expelled, not expelled, sorry, suspended, I should say, and sent home from school after the in incident. And when I'm in any traumatic situation, I literally feel myself going back to junior school in London, being that vulnerable, that vulnerable 10-year-old child. And I'm sure... Um, you know that is not uncommon so it's also about um we also at the same time have to be sympathetic to ourselves not be beat ourselves up which is another common thing that i know i do be humble but strong remove our complacency and grandiosity and know our unique power whilst not playing small and it's also about coming to a recognition of what are our defence me mechanisms. I know one of mine at the moment, I won't bore you with the details, <laughs> but it's avoiding situations that we know are going to cause us stress or maybe have done in the past and kind of, you know, where we um, play easy or we, we cruise on easy street. Um, but at the end of the, the day, we know this mantra is true, that everything in life is an opportunity for learning and growth and uh, the fact that life for everyone really uh, is extremely challenging especially for those of us who have some sort of conscious awareness that we uh, are on a, a, a journey or a path of awakening coming to a truer understanding of who and what we are in this world and, and what our role might be um, I feel that it's I feel that it's extremely difficult to do that unless we have wise elders 
to guide us along the path or the journey, if you like. So coming to this links in nicely, a nice segue um, into the first point, most common trap, if you will, on the path of awakening. And this is um, what can happen if we become attached to a spiritual teacher or mentor, um, as I was just saying. First thing we need to realize is that every form of relationship has a limited shelf life. So the point of a teacher or a mentor is to give you the skills so you can navigate life um, without their constant help going on year in, year out. It may be where you uh, depart from them and you have a period where you're on your own and then you meet up with another a guide or spiritual teacher or mentor. But, you know, as we know, in the animal world, it's nice to that's why uh, it's nice to hear the birds chirping in the background. You know, the chicks eventually need to grow up and 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 uh, and chart their own course, flee the nest, um, if you will. And a, and a good spiritual teacher or mentor or someone who is sincere will point this out to you. Uh, but someone who isn't uh, completely sincere, maybe someone who has narcissistic qualities, will keep will keep drawing will ensure that you keep being drawn back to them uh, due, due to a kind of narcissistic trauma bond which you may or may not have experienced so um, that is definitely something um, it's definitely something to to look out for because um, sometimes you you really have to be brave and, and cut the cord of attachment and um, quite often what you'll find is that it's your you're, you're, you'll be guided by your your intuition and your intuition will tell you uh, you know that phrase of in our heart of hearts when you need to cut the cord as I was saying and it's often quite a painful process um, especially when we realize that at the end of the day we may well have manifested um, this particular type of um, healer or teacher or mentor uh, if they do have narcissistic traits and um, this very experience is about uh, compelling or ordering us to have more faith and trust in ourselves and in our own capabilities. So if you do come to this realisation about a spiritual teacher, healer or mentor, it's not really about them. It's about you because you manifested them into your existence, perhaps because um, you didn't believe in yourself. Because as we know, everyone out there is simply uh, a mirror a mirror to our own um, blind spots and as we know it, it, it can be it's it's very much part of human nature to attach to a spiritually minded person this might just be a friend as well who can see our soul essence or divine spark this might also be in a romantic relationship as well and this hits on an extremely primal aspect of our being and if you're someone like me that has low self-confidence and lack of self-worth we create we, we we go through life and we crave to find that person who can see us beyond the fake personality uh, beyond the egoic presentation uh, that we share with the world problem is that when we then place that person if it is in a therapeutic setting or like I just said perhaps in a relationship uh, we put them on a pedestal and we fail to see the ways in which they might be manipulating us. It could even be things like um, 
gaslighting us if they have narcissistic trends. As we know, that's what our very own national governments have been doing during the pandemic in the last two years. So it, it, um, it shows itself not just on the micro level in terms of relationships, but also on the macro, macro level in terms of governance. So we often can't see or comprehend our magnificence. And this means when a spiritually minded person reflects this back to us, we can easily form a type of codependent attachment. So this is something for you to watch for um, if, you, if you do currently, if you're currently um, involved with a spiritual teacher or mentor, uh, like I said, or if you are, if you are seeking one. Because, um, uh, but do keep in mind that all, reads, all roads sorry, lead to Rome. So nothing is wasted. Uh, all experiences um, are about, um, you know, they're about, uh, they're all a learning. We get to know more about ourselves. But by the same token, uh, we need to make sure that we're not creating dependencies upon other people. And this is obviously true in all aspects of life. And this is something that is a big issue for me at the moment. Um, um, by the same token, never be afraid to throw yourself into new experiences. In other words, you know, um, new 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 uh, bonds uh, with spiritually minded people um, because you you um, you get we gain nothing by playing safe in life and uh, I've discovered that in the last two or three years and there are aspects of my life where as I said before that I'm playing safe at the moment so the journey of self-discovery is extremely challenging as I said at the beginning but without outside help and guidance to provide you good course direction in order to keep in order to keep repeating the same mistakes and making us aware of our unconscious behaviors the way we um we can trip ourselves up life can feel a bit like a a game game of snakes snake and ladders one minute we're on the rise and the next minute we're falling back down down to the bottom of the snake or the ladder so um in terms of this overall conversation today uh, around about spiritual awakening something uh, in recent times uh, a real good source of information that i can recommend to you is the work of Bun bernhard gunther and laura matsu you may or may not be aware of these guys uh, they do great work and their website is called veilofreality.com and they share fantastic insights and wisdom around about personal growth and and personal development and spiritualism and conspiracies and all the rest of it, all the kind of juicy stuff that uh, I'm sure like uh, me that you're interested in. So yeah, go check out their work. And I believe that they do have courses as well. So if you are looking for, you know, guidance, as, as I'm talking about, that might be something you might want to consider. And it's something that uh, I'm considering doing um, in the summer when my financial situation improves. So yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you. I like to share on discerning consciousness the work of other people so moving on now to the second point uh, i want to talk about today in terms of spiritual misconceptions or traps that we can easily fall foul of along the journey and this is this idea of a phrase that i've coined um, you might have heard it before in another context but how i describe it is something called spiritual absolutism now, under this title, I've included things like non-duality, oneness, there's no such thing as evil, 
uh, this idea of everything in existence is as it should be karma divine justice cosmic ordering now i've looked at all of these subjects and they're all absolutely fascinating areas i'm not saying there's a, that i have a problem with, with them they're all amazing concepts and i thoroughly enjoy reading all about them um but to truly live these concepts re requires an immense amount of wisdom and i've i've found um I've fallen into this trap not so much over the years I was aware of when I was doing it but you may well be aware of people that do is that these kind of concepts around non-duality and oneness they're often applied incorrectly in order to mask an individual's inappropriate behavior or lifestyle choice and if applied in a crass kind of way they can seem cruel insensitive or unkind e.g. with these kind of teachings you know, one could say the victims of war and famine do not really suffer because they are exactly where they need to be in that moment when we take into account past lives, karma and reincarnation, etc, etc. So absolutism is the mistaken concept that you have. There can be this idea that you have everything worked out in terms of a sort of higher dimensional concept of reality. But the problem is... It might be that your day-to-day -day affairs or your day-to-day -day life might be in complete disarray if you are still uh, neglecting the so-called inner work or to know thyself. So that's something, that's something that I picked up on, this idea of kind of spiritual absolutism where people, absolutism, sorry, where people latch on to one of these concepts and then they kind of misapply it really and um, yeah it can it can cause problems in terms of being seen as sort of insensitive and if you say this in the wrong let's say in the wrong setting you can make yourself uh, a target or a victim because it will seem as if you are being uh, immensely cruel and insensitive so that's just something um, just something to watch out for that's just one uh another point that i wanted to touch on briefly so the next the third uh point i want to make in today's conversation today's podcast is um there are certain uh ideas within sort of spiritual new age circles and this forms part of spiritual bypassing which i've spoke about with mike in a previous episode so please do check that out can't remember which episode number it was now but we did an episode just called spiritual bypassing so it's a good episode if you haven't listened to it to uh to check out alongside this particular one so there's this idea that pain we can avoid as human beings pain and suffering um if if we partake in certain sort of spiritual practices and i'll come to that in a moment but as we know just to lay the groundwork and just to flesh out a little bit of what I spoke about in the introduction. So forgive me if I am repeating myself a little bit here, but personal awakening is awakening or spiritual awakening is primarily about destroying our delusions about ourselves and the world, bringing to light our blind spots, becoming aware of our tried childhood trauma and wounding, recognizing emotional triggers and patterns of self-destructive behavior. And this is a constant uh, process 
from cradle to grave, reflection our actions with greater refinement so that don't, we don't keep repeating the same, <laughs> the same pattern of behaviour over and over, hence the importance of having a guide teacher. Um, sincere self-work eventually reduces our delusions as we become more aware of the lies that we tell ourselves and to others and we work when we own everything that makes us feel comfortable about ourselves and this might involve different therapies allied with spiritual teachers and it's a lifelong process as I was saying and the goal is to become adept at emotional alchemy and the bitching and complaining and the blame game all has to stop now, if done with sincerity, this is an extremely, as I said before, sorry for repeating myself, extremely destructive process. And very few people reach this level because all of us are running away from ourselves to some degree. And the pain and suffering is inevitable as the false self dissolves over time. And there are certain types of teachings and guides and uh, all the rest of it in the new age and spiritual world that claim you can avoid suffering during this process and part of this comes under so saying the idea of spiritual bypassing which is the most common way of avoiding the pain associated with personal growth and as i said before this dynamic of comfort versus growth you can't have one without the other so why is this particular aspect of spiritual uh, bypassing, as I say, so common and seductive? Again, we, be we can become lost in particular spiritual practices. And I know that I've done this um, in the past. And again, I'm not denigrating, of course, I wouldn't be denigrating spiritual practices. They are the most amazing, sacred things. Um, so the thing is that we can take enjoyment in activities whilst forgetting the bigger picture so they need to all of these sort of activities um, they need to be performed alongside sincere self-work or we are deluding ourselves because why do we meditate why do we fast why do we chant why do we go on retreats why do we take part in rituals and ceremonies why do we avail ourselves of enlightening spiritual texts well really apart from the actual the pleasure that we gain from doing it and the fact that it will raise our level of consciousness and our being it's also in order to come to a greater understanding of who and what we are without our, all our falsehoods um, but the problem is if we get lost in the process of doing these activities as I just listed then we can lose sight of what their real purpose is we kind of get lost in the process so you're probably all very well familiar with this, with the kind of the glut of spiritual uh, influencers on Instagram who pose, uh, you know, dynamic yoga poses, beautiful settings with the sun juxtapo juxtapositions, juxtapo juxtaposed in, um, you know, maybe between their hands or whatever. Uh, and again, the, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. These are all wonderful things. But we need to remember that they are simply means to an end. We do not gain any spiritual points just by doing them. We need to we need to conduct them within a kind of broader context or a broader understanding. Otherwise, it's too easy to just lose oneself to the dreaded spiritual ego, which again, I'm sure you can all relate to um, perhaps 
as part of spiritual groups you've been part of in the past and currently. It can be challenging to free ourselves from a common misconception uh, if our peer group is all doing the same thing. Um, so don't so don't get me wrong, going to the ashram or the temple, temple is an absolutely amazing activity. And I must admit, I wish I had more uh, opportunity to do that. And that's why once all these stupid fake COVID vax mandates are lifted and uh, I can fly once again, I do want to travel, especially to the United States. Um, so, yeah, the true spiritual awakening is not so much an activity, but a way of being whereby we constantly apply a sort of a magnifying glass uh, to every aspect of our being, our behaviour, our neurosis and actions. So the next um, aspect of kind of misconceptions on spiritual journey or journey of awakening or the ways in which we can go wrong is a subject close to my heart, which you may or may not be aware of. And that, this is what happens when we get lost in the darkness uh, and what I describe as the process of in the search of hidden enemy. So there are many sort of entry points into this idea of awakening. Um, for quite a few people, it can be a health crisis or a health emergency. It might be um, a business collapse. It might be a death. For me, it was getting um, kind of into the kind of uh, conspiracy type uh, material which has been described by people like Neil Kramer as the revealing stage where we reveal, you know, the conspiracies, the plots, secret government programs, psychological operations, false flags, state sanctioned terrorism, bankster wars, corruption, blackmail, black ops, COINTEL pro, bankster wars, etc, etc, etc. And I think we'll put the pandemic in that category as well. And this is very much part and parcel of my personal story and um, you know th this idea of uh, when we get lost in the darkness um, it can it's obvious um, it's kind of very much expected to have uh, a reaction whereby you want to find out well who's doing this to us you know amongst the horror outrage anger frustration powerlessness and fear um, you know, which I felt and walk into my favourite point here in the New Forest today to do this recording for you guys. The sky is replete with chemtrails. I mean, they are absolutely hammering us at the moment. You know, up until 12 years ago, I would have focused on that, been full of fear and, you know, would have been crushed by it. But now I can look at it and I can laugh and go, wow. They're having to go to these lengths to suppress our consciousness. Wow, that just just imagine how strong we are as human beings. And it's that whole kind of cliche, so forgive me, about laughing in the face of evil. And that's what I've kind of learnt to degree. Sorry, I've learnt to do to some degree. Um, but the horror, outrage, anger, frustration, powerlessness and fear can become very addictive, uh, almost like a a form of self-harm so some of the questions that I you know in this state of fight or flight with my immune system very much triggered and the stress and anxiety that came with this and this is a common trap for a lot of people to just not really make it through the darkness how can I stop this who's responsible why are they doing this to humanity why can they act with such impunity 
why are the general public deliberately kept ignorant of such things? And why are politicians, public officials, bureaucrats, corporate executives so easily corrupted and corruptible? And these were just some of the types of questions that would ruminate through my mind and, you know, overwhelming me to the point of obsession, really, because it's almost like uh, it's almost like bearing witness to uh, a mass murder and you can see you 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 alone are the one that can see the murderer and um, the murder weapon and everyone else is blindfolded and they can't see it and this almost adds to the to the hysteria and what often happens and it happened to me when you get lost in the darkness and for me it was sort of between 2006 2010 as i've said before on discerning consciousness my reaction was to dig deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole with the misconception that eventually I'll discover the truth to, to all these lingering questions, which I've just highlighted. I had no real ability to apply the brakes whilst falling down the rabbit hole because I thought I was onto something, you know, like a police investigator investigating a murder. Eventually, I dug so deep down the rabbit hole that the sun was blocked out and I was consumed by the darkness and it was a very very difficult and challenging time so maybe you or some people you know uh, find yourself in this kind of uh, situation and um, the collapse of my being was representative of my overall overwhelming sorry desire to see the collapse of the evil system out there and systems that I considered to be enslaving humanity and it took me further years of study and self-discovery before I reached a deeper, much more profound uh, conclusion. And that was the study I was fighting externally was simply a projection of my own personal shadow or darkness. This is obviously, uh, as you're probably aware, an extremely archetypal journey represented by uh, the work of Joseph Campbell and in his book, The Hero's Germany, and in modern culture, one thinks of Truman Burbank in The Truman Show, uh, Luke Skywalker and Neo in The Matrix. It's why, it's why I've always been fascinated by such stories and one thinks of, of course, the triumph of goodness over evil. Now, certain types of people who have particular emotional and psychological uh, triggers will, will get lost in the revealing stage. And again, I know you can't see it, but I hold my hand up to that. Uh, I've met many uh, types of people who can look at more challenging darker types of information that pertain to the the conspiracy if you will which i believe does exist to instill a you know a new world order if you like which i think we're seeing now is going to fail and will fail but there's certain types of people who don't have those emotional vulnerabilities and trigger points that can look at that information look at websites uh, go to presentations read certain types of books but they don't get drawn in and they can they, they obtain a kind of clarity they can um, sit in the center point of their being and uh, i've had to learn to do that um, but yeah and i've met these people and, it, and it's interesting because it's like wow that's completely different to me who got who got um who got drawn in and um you know it was only i managed to escape really only after as i was saying several years of self-work and um, through the help of um, shamanic healing, I gained um, 
an understanding of my psychological projections onto external authority figures. I understood my own childhood trauma and wounding and why this made me vulnerable when exposed to you know, dark types of information. So over time, the anger and fear lessened and uh, I came back to, as I was just saying, more of a point of balance. Although I still can get pulled off center as happened I think I've admitted before on my podcast, yeah, as happened when I became gripped by the Q narrative at the time of the 2020 US presidential election. Uh, And, you know, I should have known better. I began to see, you know, Trump as this sort of heroic figure, you know, the dawn, so to speak. And, um, yeah, so it, it just shows you in spite of sometimes the progress that we make, we can always we can always trip ourselves up you know so that's why it's important to have these conversations and um, with um, other people that you listen to and watch and that's why it's important to um, important to share important to meet people in the flesh as well in spiritual um, kind of setting uh, where we can speak our truth so I have to remain vigilant <laughs> But at least I know I have the ability to sense now when I'm getting drawn in and addicted to the speculation. Because that's what it is like for me. I have to be careful at the moment just to contextualise this. that I don't get drawn into the speculation about the potential for uh, the war or conflict in Ukraine to escalate, to involve countries like Moldova or Poland. And we know that the US and her European lackeys and NATO are trying to for men a wider war there and you know i can find myself getting drawn into the constant speculation and the prospect of the big reveal when humanity will finally be liberated from the shackles of slavery and that's sorry to just place that last comment in in context that's what drew me in for a while in to the q narrative which this idea that trump was going to be revealed as the true um winner of the 2020 US presidential election, which I believe he was. I believe that he did. But of course, a lot of the Q narrative was speaking of this idea of the inauguration in January 2021, that that was when the big reveal would happen. Of course, we don't, um, we know that that didn't happen. But we don't know the degree to which that Biden is indeed a puppet president. I mean, that's a conversation for another episode. So anyway, back to my reaction. It was about trying to discover uh, when lost in the darkness, it was always about trying to discover the hidden enemy, and I almost I became extremely obsessive about that. And this is another common trap: the belief, and this is something that can get quite can get quite destructive. Uh, and I dipped into it for a while, but I did manage to pull myself back. And this is um, this is sort of the belief that there is one group. This is a real this is a real this can become quite a toxic. Um, trap when we get lost in the darkness and that is that there's that this, there's this belief that there's one group or one organization responsible for all the ills the control the evil in the world and it is extremely easy to get gripped by this process and you're probably well aware in terms of the whole um, banking the fiat uh, money uh the whole idea of the debt-based monetary system of course when you look into this you look into videos like uh, money as debt 
and the Money Masters. They they do especially with the Money Masters. It's a fantastic presentation. They meet they make the link to the whole um, Jewish banking oligarchs, and then you might look further into that with the kind of Jewish conspiracy in terms of not only the Jewish bankers who um, were part of the establishment of the Federal Reserve on the Jekyll Island, which I believe was 1913. I might have that wrong, forgive me, it's many years since I did that research. But also perhaps the Jewish control in terms of finance, Hollywood and advertising, this idea of a disproportionate control of the of these sort of aspects within society uh, in in relevance to their overall population numbers um, and I see many people who do lose themselves in this understanding and get stuck and it really is easy to uh, make a stone of your heart and live in a constant state of pessimism nihilism uh, hate the world uh, to sort of want to check out of society because you can't deal with the darkness that exists in the world and uh, there's this phrase I'm not sure if I mentioned it before uh, called Weltschmerz um, hopefully I've um, pronounced that correctly Weltschmerz uh, obviously it's a German phrase and this is about this relates to dealing with the pain of the world and trying to process the insanity whilst living day to day. And that's essentially, I think, what that phrase means. It's about dealing with the pain of the world. And because we know it's extremely difficult. And certain types of sensitive, intelligent people uh, become overwhelmed by negativity due to the injustice and the evil of the world, the manipulation, the, you know, why can't the masses see it, all these kinds of sorts of questions. And we can all too easily fall into addictions and dysfunctional uh, behaviour patterns. And that's something um, to look out for. And obviously since COVID the last two years, it's become even harder for these types of people to cope with life. Because in a sense, all their worst fears about the world have been confirmed um, with shocking clarity. You know, as I said in a YouTube video back in 2020 uh, in the summer after the start of the pandemic I said you know us so-called conspiracy theorists which I like to think actually we're conspiracy realists <laughs> but never mind um, all of our worst, uh, worst fears have been confirmed but I try and take the kind of positive side from that as I said in that particular video which was that wow that just proves you know that we're not we're not uh, unstable we're not insane we're not right-wing kooks we're not da a danger to society actually you know we, we we've done the work of research genuine research we to some degree at least you know we know who is pulling the levers uh, and uh, how the manipulation is taking place so you know we all need to give ourselves a big a big uh big uh, pat on the back and uh, give ourselves an applause for that but the trick is then to obviously move on from that understanding and to and to grow personally on our path of awakening uh, and not to get consumed um, by the control and manipulation and luckily I was able as I gain more wisdom I was able to, to kind of move, move beyond that stage as I said what Neil Kramer describes as the revealing stage when 
you literally get stuck down rabbit holes and you know you would have had those sort of evenings where you click on one link and then you go to one YouTube video and it goes to a blog excuse the plane overhead and um, you know and we go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and as I was saying we we forget to apply the brain so yeah the the next point I want to talk about uh, in terms of blind spots and misconceptions is something that I've seen which I haven't really heard anyone else really speak about and this is this idea of when too much emphasis is, pl is placed upon one area of expertise so it might be someone who's a who is a particularly adept at astrology it might be someone who is particularly you know adept at I don't know you know uh, sh shamanism or someone who is a clairvoyant or someone who is excellent at the tarot someone who is excellent in the field of the Kabbalah so yeah it's about being an expert in one in one particular field and this is something that I've heard described I hold my hand up here uh, again <laughs> I didn't come up with this phrase but I've heard it described as the so-called the it factor so this is where obviously it's a really good phrase it kind of nutshells it nicely is this idea of yes yep I found it you know I'm an expert in astrology like I was saying or I'm I'm an expert in in whatever it might be you know, I, I'm an expert in the history of the development of the Illuminati or I am an expert in uh, in Freemasonry it could be absolutely anything but the problem is if the kind of it factor clicks in then it's kind of like where we use that one area of expertise to sort of as an understanding of the whole picture if you like so it's the belief in one type of teaching or body of knowledge which is then used to extrapolate certain enduring truths about the world and you know it could be anything it could be I mean, uh, someone who has immense um, knowledge about health and well-being someone that is an amazing channeler but then uses that information to extrapolate extrapolate as I was just saying kind of um, where you, you join all the dots up but the picture that you make actually is uh, a kind of like a distorted image if you like and it's an easy way to become blinkered uh, about our own personal journey if you like of awakening we've stumbled across the one thing aka the it factor that answers all of our questions in life and then we lose sight of the bigger picture and I think uh, on one level we're all secretly looking for simple solutions and answers to our life queries and, and dilemmas because that's a very human trait. So if I apply this to me, the it factor, certainly when I got into looking at conspiratorial type information, that was where for a good few years, you know, my development or my journey, I got stuck there. And I believe that answered all the questions, if you like. But subsequently... Um, you know through outside help and influence and through my own personal growth I was able to realize and through drawing upon the work of the likes of uh, Neil Kramer and others I was able to oh realize that oh this kind of understanding or conception of the darkness is just part of the journey now I go on to the next level it doesn't mean I dismiss that or downplay that now I now I go on to uh, the next part of my journey it's like if you think sorry it's a bit of a crass analogy forgive me but the old space shuttle when it went up I believe it had was it, f it had f three fuel rockets 
uh, and it had there was and then I think it kind of as it went further up into space well, allegedly that's another discussion um, it, it lost the two on the outside and then I think eventually it lost the one in the middle anyway forgive me I might have explained that wrong but you understand the analogy that I can get into that as we as we progress on our journey you know we, we dispense we dispense with certain things but not that we lose them in totality we kind of integrate them if that makes sense and that's a key point that's a key point of the journey we don't completely dismiss them so the certainty of having found the holy grail if you like uh, prevents us from further a further unfoldment and exploration along our journey and as i said before the process of self-discovery and true selfhood is extremely chaotic, extremely painful. It means we might have to end a marriage or a relationship, face social isolation or scorn, ridicule, or even move to a new location within our existing country or to a new country. And the comfort associated with um, this kind of certainty of the it factor makes it, makes it harder for us to accept the inevitable pain that comes with personal growth. So the next point I want to move on to is something that really came to my attention in the last two years during the pandemic, and especially uh, with the fake vax, um, the COVID jab. Uh, and this is the idea of the primacy or sanctity, as I call it, of the physical lesson, sorry, the physical vessel, sorry. And we've all learned a massive lesson in regard to this subject during the last two years. But if we take on board spiritual truth 101, if you like, that we are not our physical body, the body is just a vehicle for our consciousness. Uh, I'm getting you to suck eggs there because I'm sure you're all very well aware of that. And then it was, if we also contemplate and take on board the law of entropy in that, every, in that eventually all matter, no matter how dense, will eventually dissolve to nothing. And furthermore, that we are fated by natural law and the cycle of life from the richest plutocrat, which obviously haunts them, <laughs> to the poorest peasant, the same fate amongst us. And that is ultimately oblivion, uh, our own uh, mortality. However, for two years, um, there are one or two, and I will not mention names as that's not what I do here at Discerning Consciousness, far be it from me, a small player in the old media field to do such a thing. So for the last two years, uh, there have been uh, alt media luminaries, people with quite large followings, who have been imploring us to preserve the body at all cost. And um, you may well have seen some of these people, uh, um, you know, encouraging us to buy 5G blockers, uh, 5G shields, or to buy this special potion. Uh, that might uh, mitigate the worst effects of chemtrails, things like coal or silver. There are numerous examples. And in so doing, the emphasis has been placed upon our body, the physical vessel, which we know, of course, is our temple. And we need to be careful about what we, uh, what we imbibe in our uh, temple. But on one level, this makes sense. Uh, as I say there, we need to maintain a healthy body in order to keep our, keep our consciousness at a high level. But key spiritual teaching is 
we need to die to ourselves. We need to die to ourselves whilst we're still alive. We need to overcome the fear of death in order to escape the prison of the physical body. And how can we sincerely or genuinely do that when we're constantly fo focused upon the physical vessel and our survival at all costs? And like I said, not naming names, but some people in the old media during the last two years had been advising their followers not to hug friends and family who had taken the vax. Um, this was uh, encouraging the concept that we need to survive at all costs, creating fear and anchoring us in the physical dimension. How ironic. And um, it's a very challenging concept to integrate, of course, to die to oneself, to accept death, and to not fear the demise of our physical vessel and all the mystics, yogis, high-level adepts, etc, etc, as we know, all reach this level. Uh, but until we can, um, you know, mirror them, uh, until we can reach this state of being, then we remain bound by and by the confines sorry, of physical laws. And I struggle with this massively, and I have to deal with a lot of neurosis around survival uh, at all costs and um, perhaps that's why i've been so fearful of the jab we have to remember that you know why why have we been so fearful of the jab and is that because of some of our uh, emotional um you know emotional baggage that we haven't processed that's still something that um i have to i have to uh work through that and also about overcoming our primal fears around death is is high level stuff but the freedom that comes from obtaining this level of being is totally indescribable. And we do have the power of the mind to, to as we know, to transmit, to, sorry, to transmute any toxins that enter the physical vessel. But that's often been forgotten uh, when we've been obsessing about the COVID narrative and ensuring that, you know, we avoid the uh, jib-jab at all costs. But that in itself has created a lot of fear and anxiety because I just obviously forgot to mention sorry guys was this this idea of not hugging your friends and family is was because this when this information came around you might remember during the height of the pandemic and the rollout of the covid jabs is was when this idea of shedding the spike protein from the rdna fake vax it was said to have been shedding from the vaxed to the unvaxxed. Now, I never really looked into that. I never really investigated it. Way back when, it would have been something, as I was saying before, that I would have, um, I would have really thrown myself into. And again, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not dis. Uh, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not dismissing it. But to live with that as a truth is really going to create a kind of them and us, uh, a kind of them and us type of scenario and it's really going to mean that you're you're gripped by fear but anyway we've all had these kind of um lessons to live through during uh, covid and um yeah this one about when we when we forget that this physical vessel is going to dissolve into nothing soon enough and um, if we just focus on our physical survival above anything else that is quite a common trap but of course by the same token, we don't, you know, we don't want to 
we don't want to go out there and <laughs> break the speed limit and behave in ways that stupidly threaten threaten us it's again it's it's about uh, it's about balance at all times so i'm just going to round up this particular episode and uh, thank you for sticking with me all the way to the end i really do appreciate uh, you giving me your time today this particular episode and recording so just uh, gonna round things up by way of a summary so in today's episode what i've really spoken about um is just some things to to look out for um when we are walking the path of um selfhood when we're trying to be um, sovereign beings and to live in integrity really because as we know we live in a a mainstream culture, the control system that at all times it's trying to pull on our lower impulses is trying to get in to get us to behave in ways that actually act against our own best intentions. So when we when we look to move beyond that, as I say, there are many, many, um, many traps, many misconceptions that we need we need to try and avoid, and it is that thing uh, about walking the razor's edge. Uh, when we're walking the journey of selfhood and truth, it really is. It's it's a torturous. It is a torturous journey, walking the razor's edge, because it is too. E- it is all too easy for us uh, to delude ourselves that we are really doing the work. That we are really, <laughs> we are really getting to to know thyself as all the uh, great mystery schools uh, and the luminist groups um, have as their as, as their as their golden mantra uh, if you will but by the same token the p- point i'm trying to get in this episode just to sum up is don't beat yourself up you know don't constantly evaluate your day-to-day lives oh my god am i am i am i you know falling into a trap here am, am i am i um you know am i deluding myself because we still need to embrace everything in life and sometimes we you know it's only by it's only by really truly um committing to something that at the time we think is yes 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 you know back to the it factor thinking it's what we really need and thinking that it's going to connect all the, the the dots it's only when we commit to that process we commit our conscious to it consciousness to it and then we get the picture and we realize oh actually i've connected all the dots and i've got some sort of distorted modernist image so yeah don't be true don't be too fearful in the process really it's just about and this obviously brings us back to the importance of having a spiritual guide meet a mentor or teacher along the way so thank you all once again uh, for listening and uh, i do appreciate all your support and uh, i'll speak to you all again very soon bye-bye for now Mm -hmm.